The following podcast contains naughty words, naughty themes, and a cat named Ernie. Hi, Jimmy here. On this week's episode, we're going to be watching the 2003 American cult hit that is The Room. This was released in 2003, uh, written, directed, and starring the amazing Tommy Wiseau. It is the story of a man whose soon-to-be wife is having an affair with his best friend, and to be brutally honest, that's essentially the plot. Uh, it was made on a budget of about six million US dollars, and in its lifetime, it's made estimated anywhere between seventeen and thirty million US dollars. We hope you enjoy. That's what I think is Hey Jimmy from a film or something. Hey Jimmy, it rings bell. I think I think you get that a lot with Jimmy because it's a fairly common name. See there, there it is. Right, I try and do something, and then you just come out with something ridiculous. Like yeah, Jimmy's just a common name. It's just a common name, man. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Hey Jimmy, yeah, I don't know. Maybe answers on a postcard, please. Stop saying that. No one writes postcards. <laughs> See, no matter no matter what, I try. I, you, I try, but I can't do anything but just roll my eyes at some of the things you say. You do try. This has aged you terribly, I feel. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> I'm just glad you're going back to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your life back for a bit. Mm. You're going to miss this so much. I'm going to be lonely rich. <laughs> You'll be lonely rich. <laughs> Hashtag lonely rich. It'll be like it'll be like those fucking god awful Foster's ads where their mates go back to Australia and live it up on the beach and you'll be stuck in rainy London. You're listening to Rich and Jimmy Watch a Film. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi Mark. I don't think there's a much greater joy in this world than watching this fucking movie with someone who's never seen it before genuinely so let's get started then. let's get started hi I'm Rich and I'm Jimmy and you're listening to Rich and Jimmy watch your film that's right so I mean you're so excited you're literally doing a Veronica right now I am I you am have verbal diarrhea <laughs> because you're so excited yeah. so now Jimmy right, you have got the floor can you please tell our listeners a little bit about the movie that you are subjecting me to this evening and explain please why the fuck I'm in a bow tie <laughs> Not just a bow tie, pretty good looking uh, little suit ensemble there. You're looking pretty sharp, mate. We both are. We're both looking very sharp. And the reason that we're looking so sharp is because we're sitting down to watch The Room. Just as a quick history, I used to live in the share house with a few other Aussies. And this one guy, um, Keegan, who's a massive ledge. Keegan, if you're listening, you're a massive ledge. Is he such a big ledge that you could keep big potted plants on him? Yeah, absolutely. That's how he got the name in the house. He just always had these giant potted plants on his head walking around. I once had a friend called Shelf. <laughs> Sorry, you were talking about yeah. Keith? Keith? Keegan. Keegan. Keegs. Lil Keegs. And, um, so Australian. <laughs> Me mate Keegan. Me mate Keegan. It is an Aussie name, actually, Keegan, for sure. Um, but yeah, so he was a great guy. And this friend of his, uh, Mark, he came and sort of crashed at ours for a few weeks. Uh, we ended up talking about this one night and like me and Keegan had never heard of it, never seen it. And he was like, you, you fucking have to. Like, this is probably maybe like 2015, 2016. So the hype around the film based on the making of this, The Disaster Artist, that was starting to build. And so he was like, yeah, no, you, you have to see it. And um, we got it one night and that was a blast. Then I started showing other people. I had a really great time. So we with Katie and my another ex-housemate, we went to the Prince Charles Theatre 
So they do like monthly showings of this. When you go to the cinema to watch it to these like midnight screenings, this is legitimately, in every sense of the word, a cult like a following everyone's there dressed in tuxedos and everything which is how you're meant to go which is why I asked you to wear them tonight because I want you to get the full experience Tommy Wiseau was there with Greg Sestero who um, uh, made the film together um, Greg Sestero then wrote a book about the making of the film that was hugely successful called The Disaster Artist James Frank uh, yeah and Dave I've Franco adapted it and did, have you? I've seen The Disaster Artist really? oh fantastic yeah. I saw yeah. it so long ago though that I don't remember it because yeah. when I mentioned that we were watching The Room to Katie she said oh you mean the one that's referenced in The Disaster Artist mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah that one so I've been trying to rack my brains as to what the fuck happened in that film uh, but I can't so, so it is about the car crash of the development of the film and as well the relationship between Tommy and Greg the film is fantastic the um, disaster artist is fantastic sorry the disaster artist yeah. exactly yeah the disaster artist is just fantastic and James Franco knocks it out of the park but I think the book is better because they did omit quite a few things that kind of just to make Tommy a bit more of a sympathetic person in the book he definitely seems like a, a, a bastard I would just like to preface this whole thing as well with saying like because we're going to you know we're going to be laughing we're going be taking the piss out of this and rightfully so it is bad but I would just like to say that like my life is a lot better having this film in it and everything about him is crazy but it's that good kind of crazy there's a lot of bad crazy in the world but there's that good kind of crazy that makes the world better does he come across in the film as crazy or would you think yes he- Oh, okay. Yes. So it's not like he's made this film and then the stardom's gone to his head and he's lost the plot. Dude, he wrote and directed this and stars in it. And again, I'll be sharing some more facts about the whole making of it as we're watching. You finish this and tell me the man is not insane. It was only a very uh, quick chat when I did meet him. He seemed like a lovely guy. Definitely a bit odd. I noticed, uh, like, I started following you on Twitter when I found out that we were going to be watching this because... I know you said not to have any kind of research about it, and I hadn't, mm-hmm. but I thought, I'll, I'll follow him and just see what pops up. He just keeps putting three words out, like, yeah, every day. every day, like, in, inspirational stuff, isn't and it? It's, and it's quite nice, but the photo he uses with it, he just looks fucked. Yeah, but shameless self-promoter. He just, he will just promote, dude. Like, when he released this, he paid a cinema to keep it in the theatres for two weeks, because that would let it classify for the Oscars. He thought it was going to win an Oscar. It's now marketed as a dark comedy. It's not. But it was made as a completely serious Oscar-baiting drama. So we take it in turns to kind of buy the DVDs that we watch. Because, you know, we choose our films. And mm-hmm. some of them we've got in the cupboard already. Some of them we haven't. Now, this film, when I looked into it, you can't really pick up for less than £30, £40. Yeah. So why is it so expensive to buy? Because he he owns all the rights he distributes himself, but it's a collector's thing as well. Like, I don't think there's probably a shit ton of copies out there. I mean, maybe he's sitting on a thousand, he probably is. But, like, it's because if you want it, you have to get it through him. That I, I like that, though, because he's taken full ownership of this film. Completely. And he obviously loves it so much... Yeah. ...that he just... He doesn't want to give the reins to someone who is just going to go, hang on a second, this film's shit. Yeah. You know, even when they were making it, he, instead of just going and hiring the equipment like you normally would, he bought it all. 
Has he done other things? Like A few other things, but he mostly just promotes this. And he's done a couple other films, one with Greg Sestero called Best Fiends. Is he... I mean, no, nah, actually, I was going to ask, is he a decent actor? But I want to make my own uh, opinion of that. Please do. Do you know what I feel like? I feel like I'm getting a bit set up. I feel like... I think it's because I'm sat in a bow tie and a jacket in my front room. You're about to put on this film that I know nothing about that looks from the poster... Um, shit I just don't know what to make of this it is like already to me this film is an enigma Rich it's about to get weirder would you like me to go through my little bag of tricks I've brought and we'll run through a couple of things we're going to do watching this film much like when Veronica came uh, over to watch The Princess Bride and bought the book I brought a few little tidbits as well not that any of them um, might necessarily be relevant to us watching the film but they are about the film and related and but so I've got The Disaster Artist that Greg Sestero wrote about the making of this film and what a car crash that was there is a book that Katie got me for Christmas which is the definitive guide to the room so you have a look at some of the little things that are on the front there there's a gun mm-hmm. an American football two spoons a cassette a dress a rose and a bow tie all iconography to the film so the American football, you will see it all in the film. I didn't bring one with me, but when you go to the cinema and watch it, people will bring rubber footballs and just throw them around in the crowd to random people. If someone, people will stand up and look, and someone will stand up on the other side of the theatre and be like, yeah, I'm open, and they will throw the football to them. This book is beautiful. It's fantastic, dude. It's, it's an incredible little treasure trove of just all the cult things around it, all the traditions. I really like the fact that there's, there's a woman staring at a picture of a spoon... And then there's a spoon with a tick. And then she puts her hand to her mouth and she shouts, Spoon! And then it shows you how to throw a spoon. But then, down the bottom, it says that there's a knife, a fork and a spoon, but you're not allowed a fork, you're not allowed a knife, and you're, but you must have a spoon. What the fuck is this film, Jimmy? I'm so happy that you read that, because that was the bit I was getting to next. Oh, so you've got some spoons. I have two packets of spoons and I will explain that diagram to you when they made this movie when Tommy Wiseau he had this set for the apartment the production guys who were helping with it who he didn't want to listen to because he was like I know how to make this fucking movie and they were like we've worked in Hollywood we're trying to help you and he was a total dick dog so when they were making this film Tommy Wiseau he had the set for the flat and the guys who were working on the production who have worked in Hollywood well they came to him and they were like mate like this flat is essentially empty it's bare it looks really weird on camera it doesn't look lived in he's like what do you mean they're like well there's not even any pictures hanging up so he went to a charity shop and bought like this big set of picture frames and they dressed them all over the thing. But he he didn't want to waste any time. And because he'd made a compromise with someone, he was really shitty about it. So he didn't want to get pictures of him and the actress playing his fiance. And for whatever reason, this set of picture frames that he bought all have pictures of collectible spoons in them. Oh, that is... So I'm glad that you said that before because that's the sort of thing that I'm really looking forward to spotting. And when you do spot it, you have to yell out spoons and throw a handful of spoons at the screen. Okay. And that's one of the games. I mean, maybe we could just make them land just in front of Oh, not at the screen, no. We'd we'd just go, (laughs) spoons, do it. Because otherwise we should have done this at your house. (laughs) I've got a ladle. (laughs) Imagine, though, if it was pictures of knives. Yeah. Some of the other things that happened that we're going to be doing is... Whenever people come enter a room, 
they never close the door. Like, the front door to the apartment, no one ever shuts it. And so you yell at it, you're like, close the door! Like, and as it goes on, you get more aggro, like, close the fucking door! Then right at the end, someone will close the door when they come in, then you applaud. You stand up, give a stand ovation. I love this. Where does this come from? Like, this has got to have been born... Someone must have sat and watched this with their friends. Yeah. And done it once, and gone, that's really funny. And yeah. they made a joke of it, and then it spread, and it spread, and it spread. Uh-huh. Yeah, Absolutely. People, and then, like tonight, I'll join in because it makes them feel more fun. And then maybe I'll be like, oh, this is brilliant. And then I'll be like, have you seen The Room? Uh-huh. Oh, you haven't seen The Room? Oh, come on, watch The Room. And it's an experience. Yeah. It's an experience well, watching this. Another one is whenever the film goes out of focus, you just yell focus. Um, that's fun. Um, <laughs> that's fun. There's a scene towards the end where they're playing a pretty homoerotic game of football at the park and it is very poorly shot and edited, and so you count out loud the amount of times they pass the football back and forth. I think that is it for... Yeah, and the rest of it, man, is just really just enjoying all the silly things. I feel now, after everything that you've just said, because I was quite trepidatious at the start, I was like, oh, what is this film? People are being weird about this film. And now I'm thinking, I feel like I'm going to love this film. I think I'm going to be picking up what it's putting down, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, I 100% think you will. That's why I've been so excited as well, because I, I love watching it, watching it with someone who hasn't seen it, but I think it's just going to be right up your alley, dude. Shall I get us some dinner, have some food? Please, mate, I'm wasting away. No, you're not. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell that story about your suit fitting? <laughs> no, it hurts. It hurts too much. <laughs> A chat over dinner. Here's your dinner, Jimmy. <sighs> Mate, this, uh, I mean, I say it every week, this looks incredible. So, tonight, I was inspired last week by Katie's chicken and apple casserole, mm-hmm. and I thought, come on, we don't always just have to have piles of meat. So tonight, we've got a vegetable Moroccan tagine with olives, flatbreads, and hummus, and it is delicious looking. I mean, the smell of it, the smell of the apricots in there, it's just, it looks fantastic, dude. Honestly, thank you very much for the spread here and for getting me some um, some red wine as well. Always yeah. appreciated. So in here, there's potatoes, sweet potatoes, courgette, tomato, olives, onions, chickpeas, spices. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, mate, this is delicious. I like it. Absolutely delicious. We're going to have this weird bit now, aren't we, where we want to just tuck into our food. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to have a chat. But we have to do this podcasting <laughs> as well. Fuck it. I like eating and talking. Mm-hmm. There's something you've got enough for food. <laughs> mm. Oh, dude, this is really good, like. So have you seen anything good lately, man? I have, actually. <clears throat> I love the way you ask that. So, uh... You sound, you sound kind of sultry. Tell me, Richard. Mm. What have you been checking out lately? Just because you're dressed as a snooker referee <laughs> doesn't mean you get to... <laughs> I just need the cuff on the arm. <laughs> um... I had the pleasure, and it was a pleasure, of watching everything, everywhere, all at once. I've heard really good things. It was brilliant. Yeah. I don't really know what the fuck was going on, because it just kept jumping around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I texted you, actually, because you, you, did? you got a message, didn't you, saying, mm-hmm. I'm just watching Short Round beat up Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. So we mentioned in our Goonies episode the fact that Data was also Indiana Jones. He wasn't Indiana Jones, was he? <laughs> Data was Indiana Jones' assistant. That's what I'm trying to say. Isn't okay, it? Jimmy, yeah. I think that's what I'm assistant's to say. assistant's a good way of putting it. He was kind of more of like a child. He kind of just kidnapped, but yeah. And we commented on the fact that whether we 
he was still acting as an adult or anything and he is and he's brilliant his name is Ki Huai Kwan mm-hmm. and he popped up and I was looking at him going fuck I know who you are and I couldn't figure it out and I, and I thought to myself no that's Data and I looked it up and it was and I was so excited to see him and then Jamie Lee Curtis is in it as well and they have an amazing fight scene <laughs> but if I'm going to sit here now and try and explain <laughs> yeah okay, no, no, I was going to ask what about but actually I think I, I do really want to see this I've heard so many good things about it um, yeah I could try and explain it it still wouldn't spoil it because I wouldn't be able to make sense of it it's, there's so much happens and there's different dimensions and they jump around and it's just weird as weird as sausages <laughs> weird as sausages no okay that's a new one um, put that on a t-shirt you know it's certainly worth a watch I would I would say get around it Jimmy get around it okay so Jimmy here we go hey Jimmy mm-hmm. have you watched anything why are you rubbing your nipples as you're talking so sexy like that yeah why am I doing that so anyway I mean if you're listening to this this is what happens we can't focus with food mm, mm-hmm. two big lads getting stuck into like really mm. good stuff is it's tough it is have you uh, have you watched anything like decent yeah I watched uh, The Evil Dead um, it is just so fucking good dude I've been having a bit of a shit week at work and Katie was like yeah oh let's watch a film like Key Up and I was like can we watch The Evil Dead she was like yep got a bottle of red wine I was like fucking here we go Katie's not a horror a horror movie person but she sat down and watched this with me um, she saw all the merits and everything in it wasn't a fan of the tree rape scene you know, which is fair enough mm. understandable well, it's um, quite it, I mean it, it doesn't it, really it, need to be in there it's, yeah it doesn't fit does it nah you could, you could you could watch that film without it so Evil Dead for me is kind of so Evil Dead's funny yeah so Evil Dead 2 is quite nostalgic for me in the respect that when Katie and I first got together um I was showing off a bit and invited her back to watch a couple of movies and I chose a double bill of Evil Dead 2 Mm -hmm. and Brain Dead. Oh, fantastic. And so I thought, do you know what? I'm going to throw these out there and see if Katie is picking up what I'm putting down. We've been together now for nearly 20 years and we've got our daughter. So that's awesome. Listeners, if you need to get, you know, Get yourself someone to love for the rest of your life. Just show them some banging horror films. Yeah, yeah. Even if they're not into it. If they're into you and they want to see some gore. Yeah, and dude, you couldn't have picked two better fucking films than Brain Dead and, and Evil Dead 2. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <sighs> well, mate, I'm I'm done now. I'm pretty keen to get that film on, I think. What do you reckon? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely very excited now. Dude, that, that meal just before we move on was fucking spectacular. Like, well, well done. Little clap. So, I'm going to clear up mm-hmm. these plates, Jimmy. Yep. I'm going to pour yeah, myself a glass of wine. <laughs> Look at that. Look at us, sir. That was cute. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. so in love. <laughs> um, and we're gonna Imagine if our hands touched. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> sorry, Jimmy, what? Oh, no, sorry, I thought you said something. No. Oh, okay. Time to watch the film. Um, you right there, Ernie? Just getting stuck in. You gonna settle, or now that we're pressing play on the film, are you gonna uh, Come straight up get involved? Right, so it's on. You it's can on. hear in the background the yep music playing. Before we hit play on this one, though, we do just want to give a very special uh, thanks on this episode to our good friend Colin Sheehan, who very kindly donated his 
personally autographed copy of The Room to us. Um, so massive thank you to you, Cole, for making this happen. This one's for you. Oh, yeah, we, let's dedicate this episode to Colin. This is to Colin. This is to Colin. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to press play then, Jimmy. Do it, mate. Yeah. And yeah, it, just enjoy. Here we go. Enjoy. Drink it in. <laughs> oh my word! I'm in love already. There's two. <laughs> He's got two. What's a film? Why does he need two idents at the start of his film? Um. And so, yeah, no one actually really knows anything about him before sort of meeting Greg Sestero and then making this. He tells everyone that he is from, uh, I believe it's Louisiana. That's where he tells everyone that he's originally from. But the man is a mystery. Listen to him talk and tell me if you think that is a man who is from the deep south of America. So you say this had quite a budget of millions? Six million. Where did they get that from? Tommy Wiseau. Oh, is he just rich? Nobody knows. Nobody knows where he got the money from. No, nobody has any clue, man. Like, yeah, no one knows anything about the guy. Maybe they do. It's just that the mystery is better. The mystery is better. Yeah. So I bet if you went online, there is. There's a film made called Room Full of Spoons, and they research him, and they and it's a guy that used to be an associate of his, and they come up with that he was originally from. I'll tell you after you hear him speak. So this is a man from Louisiana. Hi, babe. I have something for you. What is it? Just a little something. So I'm assuming he didn't need any acting ability to be this character. Spoon! Spoon on the mantelpiece. I didn't, I didn't see it. I'm, I'm literally... I'm, I'm speechless. I'm just sat here now with my mouth wide open. Just trying... I can't talk. <laughs> I often think when you're having an intimate pillow fight with the woman you love, what you need is your 30 year old mate to come and jump on the bed. But he's you. clearly meant to be a young child, the way this is written, like a teenager. Something else to do? I just like to watch you guys. Oh, Danny, Danny, Danny boy. Danny, two's great, but three is a crowd. <laughs> That laugh is going to really do my head in. Thank you. Straight away, you notice that. His laugh, man. It's almost like a tick. Your your grand's just died. <laughs> Wait until you see what he laughs at later. You mentioned a £6 million budget. Yeah. At the moment, I'm kind of feeling like this is the sort of film that doesn't need to have £6 million spent on it. <laughs> no. Right. So now, we're getting into the first of many, many sex scenes in this film. They're the only parts of the film with original music, and instead of editing the song down, they just go for the entire song. So we can talk over this, because it's them really, really awkwardly having sex, and this will happen a lot. Tell me again why you chose to bring this one round. <laughs> Is this in case our hands touch? It's just in case our hands touch. I've been playing the seeds. This I'll be, be playing the seed later as well. hey oh. <laughs> I bet he has um, auditioned her. I thought I fancy her. I was just going to make a film just so I could pretend to have sex with this yep. girl. Yep, you're 100% right. Do you know how he auditioned for this role? He had women come to a car park at one in the morning, stand in the line, and then he made out with them one at a time. Really? Yep. That's in the Disaster Artist book. It's not in the film because that's a very sleazy fucking thing to do. Way too long. Or his penis. Yes. And it the same. Because at one point, 
His his ass was about two foot away from her. Yeah. <laughs> What's on her back? Rose petals. Oh, I thought she had like the plague. <laughs> yeah, that's the film. And he's out. He's spent. He's drained his spine. And he's he's Sam Neilled. <laughs> he's done. He's out like a light. There was a spoon. There was a spoon in the background. I still haven't seen a spoon. Mm-hmm. I want to throw some spoon. I'm not feeling good today. You can throw them when I say it. As soon as someone says spoon, you just throw them. I don't love him anymore. You said you loved him. He supports you. It's strong dialogue. So good. Such strong dialogue. Like, I feel very engaged in what's being said. You should marry. Do you think there's any merit to having actors who can't act? Do you think he has been very clever and made a shit film? No. Or do you think he is totally deluded and thinks it's a good film? He was. Now he completely leans into it. But when he released this, like I said, he he kept it. He paid a cinema to keep it on for two weeks so it could be up for consideration for the Oscars. This was supposed to be like an Oscar bait dramatic piece. Now he completely leans into the fact that it's a comedy. It was never released or marketed as that. Um, I guess in a way, though, that he, if, if he hadn't leaned into it, it would have gone away and just been this weird fucking yeah. film. But because he did that, it gave it a new lease of life. So he's quite clever. Yeah, absolutely. And he has made a ton of money off of it and has made the career for himself you know he got to go to the Oscars with James Franco so you're saying that they do this monthly at Punch Stars Theatre yeah the same way everyone takes spoons yeah dresses up so one thing I was going to point out we keep forgetting that we've got listeners in other countries so when we say the Prince Charles Theatre yeah to you and I we live in London we know the Prince Charles Theatre but for listeners who don't know it in Leicester Square where you see all of the massive Hollywood film premieres you know you always see the red carpet off of Leicester Square just down one little road there's this quirky little cinema called yep. Prince Charles Theatre and they've made a name for themselves by um, putting on these sort of cult films and just just really going for the little guy yeah yeah that's where I saw the Parapod movie oh fantastic premiere it's a great cinema man they're really cool it's um, a really cool so place yeah, when we're talking about the Prince Charles Theatre, we talk about this brilliant little independent cinema that is just off of Leicester Square. Yeah. Mark, Johnny's best friend is coming over. Lisa's hatching her devious plot because she's an evil woman. Hi. How you doing? Fine, please. She's very handsy, isn't she? Oh, it gets better. She's lit. <laughs> is she like a cape? She's hanging off him. Oh, hello, Ernie. There he is. Ernie, get off the soundbar, please. Ernie. Ernie, get down. He knows where to put his feet. No. So this girl that's playing Lisa. Yeah. Effectively, her role in this film is just to seduce her and have sex. Yep. Okay. And just be an evil woman. Um, Yeah. He definitely got burned by someone before making this. Candles. What's going on here? What do you think's going on? Candles, sexy dress... She's lolloping on you like a piece of clothing. Is this a joke? (laughs) Dude, this is the first ten minutes. Johnny's my best friend. He's your best friend. Oh, is that one of the things? Yeah, so you say that whenever they're getting together. She's like, because they say it all the time. Well, I just don't get how you can have an entire cast and crew of deluded people... They don't sit oh, there. no one else is. Right. Everyone hated making this. Right, even yeah. the actors in it. I hated it. But they must have known that they weren't good at it. 
Yeah, because no one cared. They didn't think this was going to get released. Right. If you're an actor and you've got the opportunity to be in a film, you try your best. They did at the start. Then they realised it was terrible. So I take it these scenes were shot later. Later, yeah. Because they are not trying at all. No. And look, to be honest, they're not that great of actors to begin with. Not to slag anyone off. But like I've seen Greg Cesaro and other stuff as well. He's Is that Greg Cesaro there? Yeah. Okay, so Greg Cesaro is playing Tommy. No, no Mark. That's obviously Tommy. Mark. Yeah, yeah, Johnny. Johnny, that's it. And then the kid as well. The 26-year-old the, the young kid. Oh, come on, man. He's your best friend. It's your best friend. How could you do this, Mark? It is actually a lot more fun when there's a room full of people, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your best friend. See, I'm just thinking, Tommy Wiseau seems like a fucking weirdo. Now, here's the next sex scene. Oh, good. Yep. Oh, she's already out. On the steps. He's your best friend. Come on, Mark. I bet she's going to come on, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, after having Tommy Wiseau's 50-year-old weirdly ripped body on you, this guy's probably a pretty good... Tommy Wiseau's cock in your belly button. Uh, what would be no shock to you, I'm sure. No one making this was very comfortable with the sex scenes. Really? Yeah, they, funnily enough. They come across so natural. Uh, it's, right, it's complete... Like, look at the passion there, the chemistry. Well, I think the problem is that they are being done like porn. Yeah. They're not being done like a natural nope. kind of sex scene. Nope. They're... Like, even she's going... <laughs> and so Tommy Wiseau wrote this and what he had in mind was a Tennessee Williams play right loves Tennessee Williams that's what he had in mind but then as well he's also tried to inject this what I think in what he sees is America okay because even though he says he's from Louisiana that guy is from Eastern Europe yeah there is no fucking way anywhere else he is from Eastern Europe he's putting in everything and he clearly loves America and like Americana and you'll see as the film goes on but it's just so weird he's got a, it's as if an alien looked at American pop culture and was like trying to put that down into film into celluloid I have to say if they felt half as uncomfortable as I am watching this <laughs> this must have been horrific yeah yeah Oh, right, here. you got to watch this scene, man. I'm going to, Jimmy. No, but <laughs> watch it and what, listen. What do you think I'm going to do? Watch it and listen. Do you watch think it? I'm going to turn off my eyes? Watch it and listen. So I might just go to the toilet. This is where he says, hey, doggy, look at you. I'm deliberately not going to watch it now. Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. How? How do you not know it's him? Me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Yeah. Go. Keep the change. Hi, Doggy. You're my favourite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Holy, <laughs> holy shit. Jimmy, what have you done? What? <laughs> Jimmy, what have you done? This film... Oh, shit. Jimmy, what have you done? This film is... I'm going to refer back to when I said that kids can't write scripts. I can't remember which episode it was. I think it was The Goonies. I said that kids can't write scripts. I'm going to go on a limb here. And now that I've seen this first three years of this film kids can write scripts better than Tommy Wiseau yeah the pacing of that scene was we've got lunch in five <laughs> minutes get in say the lines as quick as possible close the door sorry yeah close the door close the door the there we go sorry yeah. prick that was atrocious <laughs> people do close the door a lot more than what I remember I remember being at Prince Charles and everyone was all over it and I was like, oh yeah, they don't close the door at all in this. But yeah. It looks like he's been dubbed. He has. 
He couldn't get his lines right. He he wrote it and he couldn't get his lines right and they had to ADR the whole thing. So he wrote it yep. and he couldn't learn his lines. Yep. And they had to ADR the entire film. <laughs> the look on your face. I just wish someone could see the look on your face. I'm devastated, Jimmy. I'm devastated. I didn't think this sort of thing existed. It does, bro. It does. So when we watched The Princess Bride, I sat and I had this inane grin on my face because that was a film. It just touched me like emotionally. Uh-huh. I thought it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. Like I think you and Veronica, you did well at sort of selling it to me. And when I finally got around to watching it, I enjoyed it. This, <laughs> it's jaw-droppingly bad. <laughs> However... I get excited when he walks on the screen. Right, like, what's going to happen? I want to see how shit this is going to get. Oh, mate. Strap in. Rich, strap in. <laughs> You're listening to Rich and Jimmy <sighs> breaking up. <laughs> I, I just... Yeah. You're speechless, right? Yeah, I have to say I am. So bad. This is only ninety minutes. It's killing me. What's interesting is though that for someone who is so dead set on like, like you said, you know, they've got an alleyway, but builds an alleyway. We've got a rooftop, but build a rooftop. Uh-huh. For someone that into the the, the fine details, for them not to just learn their lines. But he wasn't even into the fine details. He just thought that's how you do it. Like you're making a Hollywood movie, so everything has to be a set. He just thought that's how you do it. He didn't accept anyone telling him no. that's not how he hated it. Hated it. Like the bit where he laughs about the woman getting beaten up. They tried to tell him numerous times this isn't funny and he would not budge because he was like, that's the big comical moment. But he wrote this, right? He wrote it. <clears throat> so he wrote that. Yep. And thinking that was a funny thing. Yep. I wonder if that tells you something about him as a person. Dude, absolutely. And how sexist all this is. and like. But the thing is as well, when you read The Disaster Artist, he is really obsessed with Greg Sestero when they become friends. And Greg's Hollywood career actually starts taking off and he gets really jaded by it. That's the guy, the other guy. Mark, yeah. So they met, become really good friends and moved to LA together to become actors. And yeah, he became quite obsessed with Greg. And then, yeah, Greg's career and life was going really well. His wasn't so much. And he got quite thing by that. Then he wrote the room, and so there's definitely that thing of like, Lisa is Greg. <laughs> Spoon. Oh. <laughs> there's a lot of football thrown in this. Again, just he obviously thinks this is what people do, and like he's out of shot. There's three of them, but they've caught yeah. the other one out of the shot. <laughs> So, like, the director of photography and everyone who worked on this, they were all in Hollywood, but they got sick of his shit and were just like, fuck it, just do whatever he says. I guess it would have been one of those situations where the the camera crew were getting their money. Yeah. And rather than having their own, like, artistic integrity, they were just like, fuck it. This guy's not worth trying to fight with. Nope. If he wants it to look like this, that will do it. And no one thought it was going to get released because everyone worked out after a few days like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. How long do you think that tape is? Subtle. <laughs> She's gone out. He's put, I'm going to go with a 90 minute cassette in, 45 minutes each side maybe. And that's it. And, and look at him, he's real chuffed with himself. 
I will record everything. He would make quite a dark villain. Amazing. That's what he is in that Best Fiends or Best Friends. He's like a bad guy in that, yeah. And is he better? Apparently it's pretty good. I've never seen it, but... This has a feel of when you go and see a really bad amateur dramatics play, but at the end of it, you sit through it, and in your head you're going, oh, I wish it would just fucking end. And when it ends, you give a massive round of applause, because, you know, you want to be supportive. And you go to the pub, and you have a beer, and whilst you're having that beer, it dawns on you that it was genius. Yeah. Because at the moment, I'm like... What the fucking hell is this? <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, right. It's endearing because I would feel bad for them, for everyone involved. Yes, this is what they've put out, and so you'd be almost worried about slating it because you'd be like, "But people have worked worked hard really on this. hard on this." But actually, it's okay to just be like, "It's just a crock of shit." Yeah. Now, uh huh. I love it so so much, dude. Like, I have so much fucking fun watching this bit of double denim going on there fucking oath man the Canadian tuxedo <laughs> is that what it's called <laughs> I like that I've never heard that before Canadian, Canadian tuxedo speaking of tuxedos there we go oh hi Danny nice pop what are they in tuxedos what have I missed uh-huh. you haven't missed anything oh. right okay so they're just in tuxedos now hey, Peter. and oh, yeah. does it become clear uh, I think so yeah um, <laughs> sit down I'm just standing here very awkwardly right okay Jimmy help me here a second so they've all appeared in his flat the room mm-hmm. they're all wearing tuxedos and now they want to go play now they all want to go play football right okay but we don't know why that they're in tuxedos uh, I think someone said in there when we were chatting I think someone did very offhandedly mention it's for a wedding photo but they're getting photos before the wedding right why why are they getting photos before the wedding yeah of them in their wedding suits this is not the wedding I feel like this is the sort of film if you watch it the wrong mindset it could make you go outside and want to fight someone yeah <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> next bit yeah I know what we need now we need a scene where we're in tuxedos, we run outside, we throw a ball around, and then it ends. There's a little bit of a backstory to that scene where they're all in his living room in tuxedos for no real apparent reason, apparently getting wedding photos taken, but not for the wedding. So when he walks in and he's got the shaved beard and everyone's like, oh, wow. Why that happened was Greg Sestero ran into a girl he was dating, was friends with Brian Cranston. He ran into Brian Cranston through her, like they were out shopping. She was like, oh, Brian, hi, they're in, like in a yoga class together. He offered him, because of his beard, he offered him a guest spot on Malcolm in the Middle, which was obviously going to be huge for his career. Tommy found out, rewrote the script and made it that now he shaved his beard. Wow. Because he wanted to sabotage him because he was getting so jealous of him and his career taken off. That's horrible. Yep. It's funny that he's kind of revered and yet he's obviously yeah I know what you're saying like not a great dude he's your best friend yeah he's a, he's a right prick it's quite these sex scenes are quite interesting because they're they're quite intense like as in they're, yeah they're quite like I say they were like porn porn yeah absolutely 
they go on for ages. And again, do you think as well that it's like, yeah, like, again, like I said with the music, the sex scenes last as long as the music, not the sex scene being edited and then the song edited down around it. Wow, so, uh, Aside from turning up the soundbar, it fucks up the film, and he's, uh, done well, and just, where's he gone? He's now fucked off. He's fucked off. We fucked off and doesn't want to watch the film Ernie <laughs> that's how bad this is yeah even Ernie's <laughs> gone do you know what you fucking weirdos <laughs> oh Jesus you have to live 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 <laughs> don't worry about me I have everything covered Your the thing is so oh, how far in reckon we are I don't want to talk ah uh, it's not much longer Nothing's happened yet. Nothing, right? This is when I did, like, when I did the, oh, in this episode, and I was like, basically, she sleeps with his mate. That's the plot. That is it. That's all it is. Yeah, because I keep thinking, like, is there going to be a... No. Or a... No. Oh. No. No. Even plot threads that should be something are nothing. Her with her fella, like, uh, Michelle with her bloke who was having the chocolate blowjob... Who are they? What are they doing? Nothing. The mum has breast cancer. That is never mentioned again. There is a lot of stuff that should be going on, and nothing is happening. Another stock footage of her. The, the bay. Like, where nothing's happening. Yeah. Oh my word, this film. One of the best lines. In the film there. Destroy John. Mark walks past him and he goes, you don't know what you're talking about, man. Keep your stupid ideas in your pocket. <laughs> How can you do this? You make me sick. So he's now with her. What? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know anymore, Jimmy. I, <laughs> I just don't know. Do you know what? I don't ever want to see another film in my life. They're rubbish. <laughs> Imagine though, if you came down from a different planet and went, "What well, is this films that we have heard about? Can you show me an example?" They would shove this on. They would probably love it. They would love this because this is an aliens version of America and Earth and relationships and how to make incredible films. Ah, oh, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. We said earlier about the fact that you thought those early scenes were filmed later and that they'd given up sort of trying yeah I'm yet to see anyone try trying the only person who tries in this film is Chris R the drug dealer and he does well he's a good he's a decent enough actor to be fair in this he's the only decent part of this right are you ready for the 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 swelling crescendo of this film Rich wow um so everything that he just heard through the door Everything that happened at the party between the three of them, okay? He should know what's going on. Right? Yep. Yep. Remember the tape recorder. He's got one of those cassettes that lasts for three, four years. Yeah, here's the payoff. He just recorded that entire conversation because he had no idea until he could get the proof. Everyone just saw it at the party with about a dozen witnesses, but he needed this. Columns. That Teddy had no weight to it whatsoever. He was just throwing an empty Teddy out. Uh, it's a prop. Very clearly a prop. 
This would have been really good fun for him to film, just being able to smash the shit out of everything. Everything they ever built. I kind of get the impression with him, knowing what I've learned about his filmmaking technique, he would have wanted to film this first, <laughs> then reset everything. Everything. So he picked up the box to shut the box to so then open, open the box well he just fucked it up didn't he now he's got the gun it was meant to be the big dramatic reveal and he fucked it up <laughs> oh fuck wake up look at the blood <laughs> there's there's Clara everywhere of, of course he's fucking dead, you idiot woman. He's shot himself in the head. A little bit of blood on his fingers. It's not even it's not even red. It's orange. It's orange. Why is there blood on his shirt? It would have gone out, out the back of his out head. The back. Like how is there blood everywhere? It would have just gone splat out the back. I love as well, like, you see that, his brains are all over the floor, and they're like, Izzy's dead, and then they realise when he takes his hand out, and there's a bit of orange blood, as you pointed out, the orange blood on his three fingers, and he's like, yeah, he's dead. I think the clue about him being dead is the fact that he's, he's dead. Yeah, like, his, yeah, his brains are on the floor. I mean, to be fair, he's breathing there. Like, oh my god, he is, I never even noticed that. Like, he's breathing really heavily. You can clearly see him. Dude, moving. I never noticed that. You can see the tire moving up and down. Do you know what? Do you know what wow. happened there? I actually thought to myself, I bet, I bet he is obviously breathing. And then I looked, and he was. Because I thought, it will be really in keeping with this film. Of how shit it is. Of how shit it is. Um, if he is still breathing. So, it's just come to an end. We've finished it. And <laughs> it's I I I'm gonna need a minute. Let's get a minute to get our yeah. thoughts together because as much as I love this and as much fun as it is, that was a very different beast watching that for the podcast. You reckon? With a bit more of a not an analytical eye, but having to talk about things and as opposed to just sitting back and just letting it all happen. That was definitely a different beast. Um, yeah. He has five assistants, including Greg Sestero, was an assistant to him. That's a petty fucking thing to do. That was assistant to Mr. Tommy Wiseau, and they had five different names, and one of them was fucking Greg Sestero. That's a petty thing to do. <laughs> I think as well talking with you, because you, you kind of, we're talking about it objectively. And that makes you take that step back from just enjoying it and going with it and being like, ah, oh, yeah, and like that really drives me up the fucking wall. I'm just going to, I'm going to go have a cigarette. I might just go set fire to myself. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go get a rusty spoon and pluck my eyes out. <laughs> so I never have to see such a travesty of film. <laughs> I kind of feel like the way that the crew and cast must have felt after that. Really excited and beyond energetic at the beginning and now slightly beaten and defeated by Tommy Wiseau and his ideas yeah I think a really nice way to end that for me would be to go and motorbike Ernie's little train <laughs> <laughs> with your eyes open yeah. just like getting all the grit in there finish on a high <sighs> post film chat um, I think the best way for me to sum up if I was to think of something I'd like to say to you 
now would be what the <laughs> fucking hell is the room oh it it is something right it is it's something. certainly something you don't know how to describe it how to feel about it I could definitely work out how to describe <laughs> it shit right I thought it was utter dog shit mm-hmm. but what I liked and this is why I can't hate the film yep it's because I felt like it knew it was utter dog shit. Yeah. But, and you are right in that, but originally it wasn't. It was supposed to be completely serious. That is why I get so much enjoyment out of it, is looking at it through the lens of this was meant to be something serious. Yes, I still am slightly cynical in the respect that I wonder whether Tommy Wiseau was clever enough to know I just can't see how an entire company of people could continue working I think their artistic integrity would have been in question everyone that acted in that would definitely not have got roles after this they're killing any acting career yeah aside from now I bet if any of them rocked up to um, these what are they call like comic con type things They'd have cues going out the door to get signatures. And I wonder whether the cynical side of me is thinking that that's a cleverer film. I love the way you were like, no, no, it's just dog shit. (laughs) Yeah. Just sitting there shaking your head. No, no, mate. It's it's literally just dog shit. Yeah, no, it it, it is. It is. Everyone disowned it. No one thought it was going to get made. And then it did get made. And everyone was surprised to even get the invite to the premiere. Like Greg Sessler and Tommy didn't talk by the time they'd finished and gone their separate ways. And then everyone got things, uh, you know, invites the premiere. I'm like, what the fuck? And then actually watched it. And then everyone had a blast watching it. Let's talk about the title. It's called The Room. Mm -hmm. And I know it's set in mainly a room. Yep. Is that it? So someone asked Tommy Wiseau that um, at the screening I went to see at the Prince Charles Cinema. And he's obviously been asked that so often. He just shrugged it off and he just goes... What is the room? He goes, doing 150 miles down the freeway, getting pulled over by the cops and then getting out of the ticket? That's the room. And then he was like, something else bad, but like getting away with it. That's the room. He was like, the room is life. Oh, I hate that, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Was that a callback to our Jurassic Park episode? I really hate that man. Yes. <laughs> I'm John Hammond. You are John Hammond. And he is my Jeff Goblin. I think for a film that's so basic, so badly done badly written mm-hmm. I think it's thrown up so many questions my analytical brain is watching this film and it just wants to pull it apart yeah not, not I don't want to destroy it I don't want to be like oh this film's shit and yeah. anyone that likes it is a wanker I don't get it but I just for me I just have this feeling that it's cleverer than it's, it, it is I really yeah. do yeah. I can't get that out of my head yeah that, I struggle to see how anyone could put that out into the world, sit back, rub their hands and go, no, that's good. But look at Tommy Wiseau. That's the guy who would. If any person on this planet would do it, it would be that man. Like, like you said about diving into it, pulling it apart. This is what it does to you and what I was saying when we were watching it. The questions that start arising this is the thing of it this is not all the things that you could read into and whatever it is just bad she's fucking his best mate that's all it is it's 90 minutes where else does it go nowhere else 
it, that's how it sucks you in all these things where you're just like how the fuck did this get made how I think that's a great question how the fuck did this, this get, get made, made. But it, with him, with his money in the drive, and this is what I said in the opening, in a weird way, I kind of respect that, that he did it, because, you know, whether he should have or not, that's definitely up for fucking debate. But, like, he did it, and that's pretty fucking rad. Like, Sam Raimi did it with Evil Dead. The thing is, with The Room, it's all grassroots. It's fans who are going to watch it, and these things have just developed over time. Like, that's what I love about it, is the... the uh, I don't know if sense of community is the right word, but it's the only really thing I can think of to describe it. I think I think um, community would be a very apt word for that. I yeah. think it's a collection of people with almost a hive mind. Right, well... I think that's a pretty good way to wrap it up and move into the final thoughts. Final thoughts. Oh. You just buffed your pants again. I just... I just Sam Neill. So I don't really feel like our final thoughts about the film. Like, yeah, we've done it. Four, four words. Um, the worst thing ever. Do you know what my four words are? I'd watch it again. Yes. Yeah, and you should, and you should absolutely. the The first time is really jarring, and you don't take it all in. And I chucked a lot on you as well, with like the dressing up and the spoons and fucking everything like I chucked a hell of a lot on you man and really built it up on a pedestal as well like um the the first time is so jarring the shock and awe of it all so yeah absolutely it is worth watching again and that goes for anyone who watches off the back of this review and goes that was fucking atrocious but if you're still thinking about it a couple of days later get some friends together and be the person who recommends it to your friends and watch it all together because you will have just the best fucking time I guarantee that and we refer back to the fact that some people think this is a cult and I think yes. Jimmy's just proven it <laughs> all on. hail to the great Tommy bring, <laughs> bring your friend yeah <laughs> if you could just tell like three or four people and then they'll tell three or four people and then it'll be great we're also selling protein powders and multivitamin tablets it's going really well you could be your own boss actually if you want to get in on this it's great it's a, uh, a pyramid film <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we do need to wrap this up for sure. There's a growing number of people now in the US and in France who are listening, and that started with two people in the US and one person in France um, who have been listening since like the very start and come back every week when we drop a new episode. So if you are one person in France listening to this or maybe even two people in the United States, you guys are fucking awesome, man. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. But we do yeah, thank anyone who, who wants to listen who takes the time out to listen to us talk absolute bollocks. So yeah, um, you know, as, as we've just said with the reviews and that, it really means a lot to us. Um, if you want to, if you want to drop a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Um, you can do a star rating as well on Spotify. Like that helps as well. Um, uh, you know, any follows on our, uh, Instagram or Twitter, um, means a hell of a lot as well. It's just both of those are at rich and Jimmy. Also, we'd really like, even if you just want to say hi, the thing about this is it, it, me and Jimmy have a lovely time doing it. We stick it out there. We get some interactions on the social media, and it's lovely. And any time we get something that says that someone's listening, it means the absolute world to us. So if you if you did want to just say hi, mm-hmm. just richandjimmy at gmail.com. Hi, Rich and Jimmy. Picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Love. Mr. Big Mrs. Penis. Love Mr. Big Penis. <laughs> Famously... 
Oh, Jimmy watches the weird sex scenes on the Sesame Street. Street. So, why are you saying Sesame Street? Why are you saying a kids' film when we're talking about a big penis? Because we were talking about the Scooby Doo porno before, and it just made me think of it. Because if you were going to do a, a Sesame Street porno parody, it would be like Mr. Big Penis. I think you were dark in the head. Mm. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and now comes the lovely sign off. <laughs> Well, you know the quotes better than me. Mm -hmm. What would be a good sign-off for this one? (sighs) Keep Um, on telling me apart, Lisa. But he wants that to stop, doesn't he? The poor man. He does. Keep on reusing that sex scene. (laughs) 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 Jimmy, you're giggling away over there. I think you may have found the sign-off for this week. I think I've got one, Rich. I hope so. Just keep on being a big chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. Keep on being a big chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. Thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure. We will speak to you next week when it... Oh, oh my Jimmy, do you know what? What? Next week's the season finale. Holy shit balls. We've done a series. We've done an entire series. Oh my god, that's really quite something. That is, man. We've Jeez, I've just hit puberty. Um That is Rich Jay's I, I feel like I've really grown up on this series, man. I'm uh, a real boy. Jay <laughs> <laughs> Wallach is rich. So if that's the case then, Jimmy. Fuck Jimmy, what is it next week? <laughs> Man. Man. Oh, no, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing Jurassic Park again yeah, I fucking love that film <laughs> no man if we're going to cap off this series then we're going to go back to where it all began and that was with hanging shit on Star Wars in the middle of Goonies episode for some reason but hanging shit on Star Wars we're going to go back there man and we're going to watch Star Wars episode 4 A New Hope yeah season finale Star Wars um if you're not into Star Wars, you'll love it. If you're into Star Wars, at least we'll get some traffic on our <laughs> email account. Oh, dude, absolutely. There's hashtags. <laughs> Fucking ching, ching, ching. Yeah. Fuck it. More importantly, if you want to hear us talk about Big Fairy Bear and Indiana Jones next week, tune in. Tune in. It's going to be a blast. See you next time, guys. Big love. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. I think I said love you, too. <laughs> Love me do. I was going to say, it's the biggest thing. We can never sign off without just talking bollocks, can we? I never hit you. You shouldn't have any secrets from me. I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Maybe I'll change my mind. Don't talk like that. What do you mean? What do you think? Women change their minds all the time. You must be kidding, aren't you? Look, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go upstairs and wash up and go to bed. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me, please. You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Why are you so hysterical? Do you understand life?